the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Situation Report today. Glad to have you joining me. This is the show where we do our very best three times a week to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stonlicker. I am your host, and uh, I always say we do our best because we do our best. Sometimes we get it. Sometimes we get really close. But we do our best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. Now, often on this show, in an attempt to give you the information and perspectives you need, we have guests on with us that will talk about current events, current cultural issues, uh, things that all of us are dealing with right now that we need to understand better so that we can navigate those things, whatever they may be, as a family and as individuals. Uh, Today is a little bit different. I'm very grateful to have the opportunity today to share a conversation with you with Kristen Limbaugh-Bloom. Now, if you're not familiar with Kristen, you will be after this interview, and you should be. Uh, She has a a great blog, particularly for women. She'll talk about that here in just a moment. Works for Fox News as a contributor, as a writer, uh, does a lot of great work. Uh, But what we're talking about today is a book that she co-authored with her father, David Limbaugh. You may be familiar with David Uh, I know personally, I've been listening to him and reading uh, what he has written, what he's writing uh, for years, and have been very encouraged by that. He has a very clear voice on not just conservatism, but on faith, on Christianity, on how we can navigate forward in the midst of the the cultural craziness that we (laughs) are currently living through. And what I appreciate about him, and you'll hear this in the conversation with Kristen, Uh, What I've learned to appreciate about Kristen is that faith is the foundation, uh, the belief, and even conservative practice flows from that, and that's the way it should be. One of the very difficult things as we're navigating a culture that is constantly changing is staying grounded, staying rooted, staying anchored, as the book of Proverbs would say, so that we're not drifting uh, from one storm to the next. We're not being tossed to and fro, back and forth. We're anchored to something that doesn't change, and that can be very, very difficult. Uh, There was a time not too long ago, and I can think back even to being a young person in the 80s, and we could go back uh, previous to that, of course, and the further back we go, it seems that this was more the case. Uh, But it was not that long ago that even culturally there were some things we could hang on to. Uh, There were some areas that we could moor our lives to, some uh, some principles, some characteristics that even in a culture that uh, was struggling with understanding who God is, things that did not change. We could look at issues of morality and issues of family and even the importance of church and faith, even for those that did not necessarily agree on what church and faith meant or who God is. There was an understanding of the importance in these areas, uh, that we need to stay grounded. We need to stay rooted. We need to hang on to faith. We need to hang on to family. We need to hang on to uh, those basic principles of being Americans and living in a culture and a society and in a nation like the one that we live in. 
But today, it's not hard for any of us to understand that that foundation has in so many ways uh, been broken. There are outside forces, even some forces I would say are outside, but exist within our own government and our own nation that are seeking to destroy those foundations that we have so long held onto. One of the great things about the interview you're about to hear is that we are talking not about current cultural issues, but how we stay grounded in spite of whatever may happen in the world. Uh, we're going to talk about a book that was written dealing with the writings of the Apostle Paul to the early church. And Paul, in so many ways, and if you've read his epistles, his letters to the early church, and particularly the ones that are covered in the book that we'll discuss here in just a moment, you know that he was encouraging churches, he was encouraging Christians in a culture that in many ways was godless. Particularly as he writes to Timothy and he writes to Titus, he's writing to them at a time and in a place where the culture around them was as godless in so many ways as the one that we are experiencing and living through today. And I love that about the New Testament. I love that in particular about what the Apostle Paul wrote because he was writing to people that could relate if they were here today to what we're dealing with. Uh, things have changed. Technology has, has made life more difficult, perhaps uh, has amplified voices that would be anti-God and, and anti-our way of life. But the push back against traditional belief and traditional conservatism, and a life of faith, that was what these early Christians were also experiencing. And so when we go to the Bible and we look at a book like the one that we're going to discuss here in just a moment, what we're really considering are timeless truths. And that's what we need. We need to hang on to timeless truths, the timeless truths of Scripture, the timeless truths of God's Word to us, truths that remain that way true because they come from God, regardless of what's going on in the larger world around us. And if we can get a hold of these, then we will indeed have the perspectives and the information that we need to navigate an ever-changing culture. Culture will change. It will continue to change. The thing that does not change is God and His Word. And I'm so grateful to be able to have this conversation about God's Word, about an understanding of faith and the hope found in a relationship with God, understanding who He is and what that means to our lives. Very grateful to share this conversation with you, this conversation with my guest, Kristen Limbaugh-Bloom. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. 
My guest today is Kristen Limbaugh-Bloom. Kristen is the co-author of The Resurrected Jesus, which we'll talk about a little bit today, and excited to have that conversation. Also, the creator of Hapless, a Christian blog, and an opinion contributor with foxnews.com, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Kristen, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's start... Maybe not all the way at the beginning, but for those that are not familiar with you and your work, and I know many are, but for those that are not, uh, tell us your story. How did you uh, kind of get to the place where you're now writing a book on the resurrected Jesus with your dad, uh, a lot of the other stuff that you've done? Tell us a little bit about your faith story and kind of the beginning of all of this. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity to share. Um, sure. Well, um, my dad is David Limbaugh, who is the brother of um, our late you know, his late brother, my late uncle, Rush Limbaugh. And right. so I've been um, exposed to the media for my entire life. And yeah. um, so growing up, I always um, dreamt of working somehow in the media and um, was raised in a very Christian home and um, taught about um, Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. But when I went to college, um, I started you know, I got caught up in the focus in our culture, um, the hyper focus on self. And so I was, um, I, I was kind of straying away from my faith, really just focused on, um, very, uh, you know, superficial things like my boyfriend, my career, all things like that. And I started feeling really empty. And, um, I, it's not that I ever questioned is my faith real. It's just that I hadn't really started to develop a relationship with Jesus on a personal level where I could tangibly sense his presence in my life and where I could actually say that I knew his nature and that I knew him on a personal level. And so all, you know, we know, um, as believers that through our whole lives, Jesus plants seeds for us. And so he was starting to plant seeds in my heart as I was feeling very empty. And, um, I got an internship at Fox news, um, my junior year. And so I was staying with a girlfriend. We shared a bed literally in New York city (laughs) because, you know, you can't afford anything there. Yeah. Because it's New York city. Exactly. And it's only getting worse. Um, but, uh, she and I went out for a glass of wine one night um, after our first night at our on our internship, and she just had this glow about her, and she was just emanating joy. And I told her, I said, "You are so different from the last time I saw you. What is what is going on with you?" And she said, "This is going to sound so crazy, but Jesus has transformed my life. He he took me by surprise, and I, I've been just." completely enveloping myself in, in Bible study and these different books and devotionals. And I was so jealous of her. I, I was like, well, what am I doing wrong? I, I want that. I, I want this joy that you have. And um, so I asked her what she was reading that summer. I, I call it my honeymoon with Jesus. I, for the first time, felt as though the words of the Bible were jumping off the page at me. And he was really showing me so tangibly his um, hand in my life. And I'm, for, I'm forever grateful for that summer. And um, so fast forward to present day, um, I've worked for Fox News um, for six years. And um, I had the opportunity probably four years ago to start writing for them because um, I, uh, you know, since my true conversion in that that summer, I started sharing, um, just with friends, you know, the things that helped me, the books that I read, the devotionals I read, um, things that kind of helped me grasp the faith on a more lay level. And, um, one of my girlfriends told me, why don't you just start an Instagram to start sharing the things that you tell other women about? 
And I was like, I don't want to put myself out there and like (laughs) try to be some like Insta famous blogger because, you know, I come from a, a, a family where we were always under a lot of scrutiny. So I was always hyper aware of that. Um, but she said, just Kristen, just write what you tell people, just, you know, post the picture of the book that you read, you know, the books that you're reading. And so I was like, okay. So I, I started an Instagram. Um, it's a long story how I found the, the word hapless, but that was also a God thing. It's actually the Greek word that Jesus used in Matthew and one of the other gospels, I believe it's Mark, where he was, um, giving a lesson on, when your eye is pure and of one mind, then your whole body will be pure. And so that word in the Greek is haplous. And so he, he put it on my heart to remember that word. And then that is um, what I ended up naming my blog. Um, so long story short, I, I gained a following um, on that blog um, pretty, pretty quickly. I mean, nothing crazy, you know, like a few hundred people. Um, but I, I just tried to always be diligent with what God gave me and tried to my best to keep the focus on him and not make it so much about myself. Um, and so then one of my, um, former bosses became, uh, the head of the digital, um, website on Fox news and said, Hey, you know, we're looking for some new content. Uh, would you ever be interested in writing for us? And I was like, of, uh, yes, that's like a dream come true. I'm uh, like a people pleaser. So I never asked for things for myself. So I was just so thrilled that God literally laid that opportunity in my lap. And um, so then I've been writing for them for four years. And um, then my dad, who has been writing, you know, for years at this point, like 20 years um, professionally, and uh, he started probably about 10 years ago with his Jesus series, which kind of started with his own personal faith journey, how he went from skeptic to believer. And then he went through, has started going through the entire Bible, really to kind of just pique readers' interest, help um, add some historical context, some context from these um, very, very um, highbrow theologians that you know, he's a lawyer. So he's used to reading through all of all of this dense information and kind of um, making it more accessible to a lay reader. Um, so I, he and I had always kind of flirted with the idea of maybe writing something together down the road, but I never thought he'd want to bring me in on something he's already currently started, especially being that he's had so much success and he always encouraged my writing um, from the time I was a little girl. But it's it's one thing as a parent to like, you know, tell your child, oh, you're such a good writer. <laughs> right, sure. And then to literally, yeah, right. you know, put your, your finances <laughs> yeah. on the line. Yeah. So, um, you know, my dad, I have to brag on him. He's always demonstrated God, the father's love to me and in, in the way that he has, um, put mm-hmm. his actions or his words to action rather. Um, and so, yeah, he asked me about a year and a half ago, if I'd be interested in, in joining forces with him for, um, this second to last installment of his Jesus series. He had an idea for me to incorporate prayers specifically throughout the text, um, which I was thrilled about. And so I, yeah, I was thrilled. I was pregnant throughout the whole writing process. So I was great that my dad was my boss. <laughs> yeah, that. Right. Uh, but no, it was such, such a labor of love and I, I'm still pinching myself. I am so grateful to have been part of the, the process. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. I have a 23 year old daughter. And, wow. Um, yeah. And I, I, 
just hearing the story of you working with your dad, it's it's awesome because I, I, I look down the road a little bit and I think maybe someday we'll write a book together we or something, should. my daughter and I. Absolutely. Um, but what a great relationship. Um, your dad is, um, I, I think, unique in this space because even though he is in many ways known as a conservative voice, mm-hmm. um, more than that, he's known as a conservative Christian voice and not in the way that a lot of conservative Christians are, if that makes sense. Yeah. There are a lot of Christians who connect themselves to conservative movement because that's what you're supposed to do. And a lot of conservatives who connect themselves to the Christian movement because that's what you're supposed to do. And and your dad is one of the few people, I I think historically, that has a very clear faith first and then things flow from that. And and I appreciate that about him so much. How, how How do you stay grounded in all of this. So you're involved in media. Right. Um, certainly your dad provides a great example of that. And for many of us provides a great example of that. Oh, uh, it's you. funny, just kind of as a weird aside. So I grew up listening to Rush Limbaugh as many did, yes. which is probably a big, big part of the reason I'm where I am today. And thank you for and, your and service, gr- by the way, because well, you know, it's all thanks to people like you that we're able to be, have the freedom to speak, you know, so thank you. Well, and, and grateful to people like your uncle who provided a framework to understand what's happening in the mm-hmm. world. Um, but growing up listening to Rush Limbaugh, and I could tell a whole story about that, and even how my grandparents listened to Rush Aww. and like became became conservatives. Anyhow, it's, that's the whole thing. Yeah. But I listened to your dad as well and read your dad's stuff, and it was probably like five years ago I realized they were brothers. I, it was like, oh, it was no like, way. like two weird ends of the same thing. I'm like, wait a second. That's so funny. Oh, yeah, now it makes sense. But I think the difference the difference between them is, and your, your dad is just so clear on the gospel and so clear on Christianity and faith. And um, so I put them in kind of two different camps. But how, how do you, bringing, bringing all of that together, how do you maintain a grounding in faith mm-hmm in spite of what's happening and the craziness in the media world around you. Right. Well, I had one of my dear friends, and she's a spiritual mentor to me, once said to me, um, Kristen, you have to imagine yourself as like a secret ninja warrior in this in this world. <laughs> and I have never right. forgotten it. And actually, um, not to shamelessly plug the book, but Paul talks about this in his letters that we touch on in this book. He calls us citizens of heaven. And I think that's so key for every Christian. Um, I mean, especially in the world we're facing today where literally, I think I was listening to Steve Dace's podcast the other day, and he was saying, you know, we have gone from a nation that was founded, um, you know, on the gospel as a Christian, as a Christian nation, as a place of refuge for Christians. And we've really kind of turned to, um, a, a paganistic culture where we have just totally sh- tried to shut God out of every, um, facet right. of society. And right. so, um, you know, I am not special in that way, but, um, with the media and everything, I, I'm lucky to work with an incredible team and, you know, who are, who are believers, but, um, right. it still, it still wears on you because you see, yeah the lies, um, of, of people in leadership across the country. You see the lies of the, of different people in the media and you see the way that it genuinely affects, um, people my age, you know, people believe these lies. It's one thing if you're just like, ah, I, I've never, I'm in my little bubble, you know, at this point of my life, all my friends are Christians and conservatives and pretty much everyone I work with is Christian and conservative and go to church. And so, um, I, I'm not really facing on a regular basis, people who are believing these lies, but it's so important for us to remember, like so many people are. And so 
we have to remember that we are citizens of heaven, that um, no matter what trials we face, this life is but a vapor. That's somewhere in the Psalms. And um, what we're doing here is so crucial because Christ um, wouldn't have come in human form. He wouldn't have called upon us for human agency to be his body if, if for you know, he wanted us to be part of this. He could have done it all himself, but he includes us because he wants us to be part of his family. He wants us to experience right. the joy of sharing the gospel with others. And so um, that's, I try my best to to think of myself that way. And I think that others can yeah. find encouragement um, from, from that doctrine as well. Yeah. You've heard and seen the raw uncut truth about the brave men and women, patriots that were wrongfully arrested on January 6th by the tyrannical Biden regime and corrupt DOJ. But with your support, Jake Lang and all the January Sixers can find justice. Here is his message. Hello, my name is Jake Lang. I'm a January 6th political prisoner who has been held in solitary confinement for over 21 months by the Biden tyrannical regime. I'm not going to lie to you. The need is great. The corrupt DOJ and wicked FBI have doubled down on hundreds of innocent J6 patriots and pushed for harsh prison sentences of up to 10 years. We are putting together a legal fund that can help out the January Sixers, and we need your support. Please go to j6legal.org right now and give from your heart whatever God tells you to. We need your support. The need is great. The time to donate is now. Thank you, and God bless you. Yeah, that's great. That's super helpful. Um, let, let's talk about the book. Mm-hmm. I, I could talk about the faith, the faith and faith in practice for a long time. Right. But let's talk about your book. Uh, this is uh, a kind of the next book in a series of books. Yes. So can you can you talk about that a little bit? And then I'd love to talk about the title, The Resurrected Jesus. Yes. Um, so the first book my dad wrote, um, I mentioned earlier, was Jesus on Trial. And that was really his own personal faith journey. But it was also, um, it, it, it was aimed to uh, to help skeptics of the faith, to break it right. down and to show right. the evidence right. of the, um, really just how, how the Bible is the word of truth. It is, it is the word of God. It is living and breathing and, and the stories in it are true and why, um, you, you can't deny it. There's so much evidence. And so he goes through all that in his first book. And then, um, he continued on with the Emmaus code, which goes basically through the old Testament and shows how Jesus was yep. from, you know, from Genesis through Revelation is all throughout the pages of the right. Bible. It's all interconnected. And then um, he goes on to go through the Gospels. And then um, his most recent book was The True Jesus, which went through um, the book of Acts and then Paul's first six epistles. And then this final book of Paul's letters, it covers his final seven epistles. So essentially, these are letters that he was writing to the churches that he had planted across Asia Minor. And then it was also three letters he wrote to his two understudies, Timothy and Titus, because he his life was coming to an end. He knew that. He's in prison writing all these letters, which is very, it's it, you know, so raw, so real. It humanizes him. It make, gives us so much more faith because you're like, wow, he's a real person doing all these incredible things. Yeah. And um, so he's really passing the torch to his two understudies. And those letters are um, focused on really just fine-tuning and making sure that they adhere to the truth of the gospel and not um, let any of these heresies that were swirling about in different churches um, overtake the truth of the gospel. So we go through and we um, intersperse prayers throughout 
to try to help readers interact with the scripture and pause and really invite the Holy Spirit into their hearts to teach them how what they're reading actually applies to their own lives, how they can move forward with it, which also is kind of just a metaphor for for Paul's life in general as well, because he was such an action-based apostle. What makes this or these books different than a standard commentary on the you know, the epistles of Paul. Right. Well, um, I think that dad has a unique talent for going through very, um, highbrow and, and, um, and really kind of dense, um, theologians and, you know, commentaries on the Bible. He, he has, he's kind of, he calls himself like a nerd, you know, he go he does this for fun, but I think normal people probably wouldn't take the time or even have the access to a lot of these materials. So, um, you know, I think he has a unique ability, especially as a lawyer who has to read through contracts and then, you know, spit things back out in a way that will make sense to people, um, to go through and, and take the best nuggets of all these different things and really just to, to make, um, to make it, uh, people more interested in the Bible to help people understand the con- the historical context. But then also the prayers, yep. I think, do make it um, especially unique because now it, it kind of is a commentary that also can serve as a devotional for people. So you can interact yeah. with um, all these little historical nuggets that you're learning alongside the scripture. Yeah, that's fantastic. I I have a lot of commentaries and preach and teach and use commentaries and Wonderful. I love them. But yes. but that that would be the downside though, right? Is that it becomes a textbook more than something that you can interact with or right. learn from. You're you're looking for information. It's an encyclopedia of sorts. Right. But uh, I love the aspect of prayer. Uh, and prayer, you know, hearing your testimony and hearing you interviewed uh, elsewhere, prayer is a big part of your life. Yes. And um, I'm assuming that's why you took on the role of uh, writing these prayers and inserting these prayers. Right. Why is it a big part of your life or when did it become a big part of your life? Um, was there a catalyst for that or is that something you've grown into? Before we jump into that though, um, I would imagine if you've been to the grocery store recently, you've noticed that things are more expensive. Gas is more expensive. It doesn't matter where you live in this country, things are more expensive. The economy, our economic future is uncertain. And we have to ask ourselves the question, what is it that we can do to protect our financial future for our families, for our children? What can we do personally? Uh, One of the things I would recommend is at least considering uh, adding gold and silver into your IRA, your investment accounts. Take a look, figure out how to do that, and see if that is the right fit for you. The place that you can start is with Lear Capital. Call Lear Capital, and you can get their free precious metals investor guide. You can also ask them about their Lear Advantage IRA that lets you transfer or roll over your old 401k or IRA into a gold and silver tax advantage IRA. Plus, Lear is offering right now Crazy shipping, uh, free shipping, and up to $15,000 in bonus gold or silver with a qualified purchase. This is something you at least need <laughs> to take a look at. You can call for details, 800-489-6450. Lear Capital is the most rated precious metals company on consumer affairs with a near-perfect rating on Trustpilot. Call them at 800-489-6450. That is 800-489-6450. Calling that number, you will get your free kit and there 
You will learn how gold has performed during periods of inflation, government debt, interest rate hikes, economic crashes, even wars, and how in all of those gold has been the financial bedrock asset in portfolios. Uh, One of the things I love about Lear Capital is that they are an American-owned company, proud to do business with Americans that share conservative values. Write this number down, 800-489-6450. Call them today, or if you don't want to call, you can click the link below in the show description and the show notes. Check them out. You will do yourself a great service by at least investigating Lear and what they have to offer. It, yes. Well, I've, I think I've... Um... I, I definitely grew into it for, for one, because, um, I think it was really when my husband and I, um, started going to a church in New York city. It was, um, it's, it was a Pentecostal church and, um, I, you know, for the, I never would have been the type of person to be like, let's pray together. And I like say a prayer out loud. I'd be so self-conscious. And I think most people are, are like that. Um, at least initially and those who aren't have a total spiritual gift. So that is like amazing. Um, but I'm a testament and a testimony that you don't have to feel comfortable and, and the Holy Spirit does want to mature all of us up in our faith and in our boldness, um, with others. And so, um, we started going to this church and, um, and at one point, one of the female pastors came up to me and, you know, after a sermon, I was telling her about something and she asked if she could pray for me. And I was like, yes, of course. And so she just like laid her hand on me and started praying out loud. And, um, and then she started describing in real time of like a vision that the Holy Spirit was giving her about me and kind of where I was at in my life. And I remember specifically, it was like an umbrella was like, come, you know, being opened over my head. And, um, and it was so funny because it was like, it, in, in the moment, it was something that I felt God was speaking to me exactly. And I was just like, wow, like this, I have been missing a lot because when, when yeah. members of the body can do this for one another, I mean, it's so powerful. It's so encouraging. So I'm like, I, I want to be able to do that. And so I started attending uh, prayer meetings at our church where really we, we would just kind of stand in a circle and everyone would be praying out loud at the same time. And, and, um, and, and now I have, you know, probably three really close friends who I call on a regular basis. And I, we ask, you know, for prayer for one another, we pray in agreement. We ask the Holy spirit to kind of give us words of knowledge for one another. And, um, and God has just done so much in my life through prayer and through really just kind of humbling myself, being uncomfortable, you know, putting myself in situations where maybe I'm going to look like to somebody like a, you know, Looney tune, but I don't really care anymore. You know, I, at this point (laughs) I'm like, I, I know that I know that I know that I know. So it's like, if somebody else, um, is going to be a skeptic about that, that's in their heart. And I pray that I can just plant a little seed because we all need more of him. So, um, yeah, it's really just been in the past, honestly, like four years that God has really accelerated that in me. So that should be an encouragement to a lot of people because I'm yeah. definitely still a novice <laughs> with all of it. Yeah, it's great. It, it, it's such an important part of our spiritual discipline and spiritual mm. life. And I think it's one of the parts that most people uh, avoid for one reason or another. It's easy to sit down and read the Bible. Right. It, it's a it's a much different element to step out of that and you know sincerely pray to God. And what an important aspect of our Christian life and our Christian growth. Yes. Um, the the resurrected Jesus. I, I love the title. It's an interesting title to me, though, given 
the content right. uh, when you're talking oh. about Paul's letters to the churches and in particular to Timothy and Titus. Uh, why the resurrected Jesus? How does that connect to um, what Paul was writing? At the okay, time? so dad has just been totally upfront about this. It's the real reason actually is because our, our publicist <laughs> thinks that, you know, you know, <laughs> Jesus needs to be in the title. And that's a good yeah. reason. So, sure. That's a good reason. Hey, you got to yeah. tell the truth, truth and love. Um, but actually, uh, you know, I'm always like trying to find the deeper meaning of everything. And, right. um, you know, this is Christ alive in his church. I mean, Paul has planted all these churches, um, in different places across Asia minor and one in Europe. And so what I think the biggest takeaway that I hope readers realize is that the same Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of, of Jesus. And so he is literally living inside of those who have accepted him in their hearts and he's alive and he wants to act through us. And so, um, Jesus is, has already ascended at this point and Paul is, is his apostle, However, it's his Holy Spirit who's continuing the work. And the good news right. is, is that we are meant to continue that work today until he returns again. Um, and so I think that is kind of a fun takeaway. But the real reason, yeah. you know, if I'm being totally honest, yeah. for the right. Well, <laughs> MyPillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale and Giza Dream bed sheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they are all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-870-0283. Use the promo code SITREP or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code SITREP. Well, I, I will say this. I think it's a, it's a completely appropriate title because the Apostle Paul talks so often about the resurrected Christ. But, but more than that, he's the one who made the statement that if there's no resurrection, then we're wasting yes, our time, right? Yes. Like in 1 Corinthians exactly 15... Right. If there's no resurrection, then what are yeah. we doing? It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, and, and I, you know, when I read the writing of Paul to Timothy in First mm -hmm. Timothy, Second Second Timothy chapter one verse seven, where he says we haven't been given the spirit of fear, but of power and love and yes. a sound mind. Well, Paul then underscores that with it's because of the resurrection of Christ. I think it's entirely appropriate. So I think your your agent was onto something <laughs> with that one. I think that was, uh, was that was definitely a, it was the Holy Spirit moving in yes. that, uh, which is awesome. Um, I think if anyone believed in the resurrected Christ, it, uh, resurrected Jesus, it was certainly the Apostle Absolutely. Paul. What do you hope will be kind of the big takeaway for people, you know, from this book and then the, the other books in the series, of course? What's the big takeaway, the thing they need to get a hold of? Well, um, I kind of said it a second ago, but just really honing in on the fact that Jesus is is so real. He's so tangible. I think the prayers, we, we really want people to feel that they can interact with scripture, that um, the Bible is not just meant for, for learning. It's not just meant to check off a box. It's not just meant to be a good person. Right. You know, we have, we are all here for a reason. We are here for for such a time as this, as the book of Esther says, yeah. and we, we all have a unique purpose. But I think another thing that I pray that this book 
will really help people wake up to is that we're also a member of a, a larger body of, of Christ, you know, and I think that in, in the Western church, we focus so much on the, on the individualism of our faith, which obviously that's key. We're all saved as individuals. Christ loves us individually and has created us uniquely in our mother's wombs. But, um, we don't think of ourselves so much as parts of a body anymore. And I think that, um, if we can see ourselves as, as being part of Christ's head, then that encourages us because we're not alone. And the enemy is always wanting us to feel isolated. That's his number one goal because isolation is his main way to destruction. And so um, if we can um, continue meeting together, you know, COVID again, try to stop us from doing that. That was a tool of the enemy and, and praying together and, and, um, and not being afraid to speak the truth in love because the times are so evil right now. You know, that, and we can't be afraid to speak truth. And and Dad and I have been talking about this a lot on our interviews that Jesus said that he is the truth and the truth came to divide. And that's not to say that he, he wants there to be division on the earth, but he knows that this world is right. ruled by the enemy. And so when right. we're all constantly being prone to being put under his spell. And so when we're confronted with truth, that's uncomfortable. We don't like it. It can be offensive, of course. And so, um, and so of course it would separate people, but we can't let that deter us from, from speaking the truth because it's, it's so crucial. Like this is literally a matter of life and death. And I think if we can just wake up to that fact that we are dealing with things that are so important and that, um, but we should not be discouraged. I want everyone to be encouraged because we are empowered by Jesus himself. And so that's a lot of a takeaway, but (laughs) that is what I hope people. Yeah, that's great. Yes. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, before we before we conclude, can you talk about your blog a little bit? You mentioned it. You talked about the name and, and why uh, Hap Loose, yes. what it means. Um, what could who's your audience there, and what could you what could folks expect to find if they went? Oh, thanks there? for asking. Well, um, it's primarily geared toward women, and um, I started it thinking it was for for younger women, but actually. Um, with the Fox News audience, a lot of women my mom's age and, and even older than that um, have joined. And so really God has taught me that it's for, it's for all ages. I think it's, I would say I have had a teen study with a girlfriend of mine who works specifically with teens, but it's for women of all ages. And um, we uh, do Bible studies, online Bible studies, and um, really just try to encourage one another. It's all via email because we're all over the country, but it just is a way for us to stay in the word together, encourage one another. And really, um, you know, we can't serve the needs of what a, a real like in-depth community can do for you. And, and I, but I hope that this can just be a small baby step in the lives of women to encourage them to stay in the word of God and then go and find people in their own communities to, you know, dive into a deeper um, relationship that way. Yep. That's awesome. Where can people find the book? How do they follow you and find your blog? Um, well, the book is sold anywhere where books are sold, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, all that yep. fun stuff. And um, my blog is www.haploseofficial.com. And my Instagram uh, handle is the same, haploseofficial. So that is how you can find my blog. That's awesome. Kristen Limbaugh-Bloom, thank you so much. Really appreciate the conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun to talk to you. Thank you. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. 
The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Appreciate that conversation and an opportunity to get to know Kristen Bloom better. Uh, Really appreciate her perspective and the hope found in her perspective. Hope is something we are missing in so many ways in our world, but certainly even in conservative media. And uh, appreciate her bringing that today. Please go and check out her blog and find the book, that she wrote, co-authored with her dad, and uh, you'll be happy that you did. Check those out, and we'll put links to those in our show notes, of course. If you are not yet subscribed to this podcast, do that right now. Wherever you're listening from, maybe you're driving in your car or working in the yard or exercising, stop for just a second and hit subscribe on whatever platform you are listening from. That would be fantastic. And then take a second, share this content out with other people in your life. As you share that out, our audience grows and that allows us to produce even more content with great guests like this. And uh, I hope that you'll do that. That would be fantastic. If you are a YouTube person, and let's be honest, most of us are on YouTube at some point during the day in our lives, check out our YouTube channel, The Situation Report, on YouTube. You can find that. Search for The Situation Report. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. And leave us a comment. That would be fantastic. Really appreciate you joining us today. And look forward to talking to you next time. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.